0: Following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. There's an expression that we use around here a lot, Um, excuse me, and we kind of use it as a a measuring stick for what we do as a church family. Um, Whatever activity Fits within the parameters of this um, of this phrase uh, will be considered. Maybe we should do it. And anything that doesn't fit doesn't work, and we don't consider it. So it kind of makes life a little bit easier for the elders. Um, we've got a very specific focus, uh, and the the statement is simply making and maturing disciples together as a family. Um, so if you've been around for a while, you've heard that before, uh, and it just seems familiar, because that's what life in this church family is like. Um, so there are lots of things that we could consider doing um, that we just don't, because it doesn't fit into that paradigm. Um, and it's also not coincidental, then, that folks that have been around here for a while um, don't simply refer to this group as the church, um, or our church, but more specifically, our church family. Um, we've just gotten out of the habit of, of of talking about the people, and just as the church, period. It's church family, uh, and that has that's that's good. That's good. Um, in our text this morning, we get a glimpse. Um, we get to hear from the mouth of Jesus just how important the church family truly is and how to be a part of it. Uh, So let's look at our text together, Luke chapter 8, verse 19. Uh, Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word this morning. We're grateful for your spirit's work uh, in our time together already. We thank you, Lord, for drawing us all here this particular day to hear this particular word. And we're grateful that it's your word. So we ask Father, that your spirit would speak, that you would translate the words between my mouths and your people's ears. They might hear your message, not mine. We love you, Father. We give you this time for your glory and our good, in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So just to give you some background, um, by this time in Jesus' life and earthly ministry, um, Joseph... Uh, the husband of Mary, was most likely dead. Um, He isn't mentioned mentioned after the time that Jesus got left behind in Jerusalem when he was 12 uh, and his parents found him in the temple uh, talking with the teachers and that's in Luke chapter 2. So somewhere between Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 8, Joseph died. But Jesus was part of a large family. Um, he was the oldest of five brothers and at least two sisters. I'm going to go with some, some sisters. We know he had sisters, meaning that after Jesus was born of Mary right, in Bethlehem, Christmas time, right, being conceived by the Holy Spirit, after that, Mary and Joseph had a bunch more kids. And those were Jesus' half-brothers and half-sisters. So Mary did not remain a virgin, as the Catholic Church would like us to believe, uh, and neither was she sinless, um, as the Catholic Church would have us believe. We're going to see that right here in our text. Um, So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, um, his half-siblings did not believe in him, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know how many of you have an older sibling, uh, but I know as I was growing up, I didn't believe much that my older sibling had to say to me. Um, I think this is a little bit different. Uh, You can read a little more about that in John chapter 7, if you're taking notes, where uh, Jesus' brothers actually mocked him and made fun of him um, for this ministry thing that he was all about. We do know from Acts chapter 1, Uh, Later on, in verse 14, at least two of Jesus' brothers and uh, possibly his sisters did come to believe in him as Messiah, uh, as well as his mother Mary. Um, In fact, we have, if you're holding a Bible right now, you're you're holding evidence that two of his half-brothers came to faith because they wrote books books of the New Testament. The book of Jude is Jesus' brother Judas. I think he changed the name to Jude. Maybe you can figure out why. All right? And also James. Um, the book of James was written by Jesus' half-brother. But before that, they thought he was crazy. They thought he was nuts. In Mark chapter 3, after appointing the 12, 12 apostles, it says he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard of it, They went out to seize him, for they are saying he is out of his mind. There's no secrets in the translation. They thought he was crazy, and they went to go grab him and bring him home for his own good. So here is where our evidence for Mary not being sinless comes in. Um, Attempting to thwart the plan and purpose of God through the Son of God That classifies as sin, just trying to derail Jesus in his ministry. And it wasn't just Mary, but they all did. Jesus' family, including his mother Mary, were not perfect. They were not without sin. But even though at the time Jesus said these words, his his family did not believe in him, he never disrespected them, he never disowned them, but he also didn't venerate them, didn't hold them up as more than they were. They're just people like the rest of us so that other people would hold them up and worship them. This is really important for us because there is only one God, one Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, one Holy Spirit. It is He who we worship, not anybody else. That's really important for us to understand. So Jesus didn't hold His family up to be more than they were. John Calvin wrote, By disparaging the relationship of flesh and blood, our Lord teaches us a very useful doctrine. For he admits all his disciples and all believers to the same honorable rank, as if they were his nearest relatives. Or rather, he places them in the room of his mother and his brothers. Jesus said, My mother and my brothers and sisters are those who hear the word of God and do it. Those who hear the Word of God and do it. Those who hear the Word of God and do it are like wise builders who build their house on the rock. Those who hear the Word of God and do it are like good soil that receives the seed and produces a harvest. Those who hear the Word of God and do it are like lamps on a stand giving light to the whole house. Those who hear the Word of God and do it are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. Are you starting to get the point? Jesus' half-brother James did eventually get the point, and he wrote in the first chapter of his letter, in verses 22 through 25, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Now, when I read this text, um, earlier this week in my study i really my first thought was that this this passage is all about putting jesus before your family jesus comes first right and and that's not wrong right when we think about our our um the umbrella's covering our life jesus is the first one that covers everything he comes before Everything, You know, and then as our families are structured according to the word of God, you know, husbands have a covering over wives and the covering over children and, and, and on and on. But but Jesus point here is not put me before your family. I thought that it was about not making our families an idol because that's really popular and I've been guilty of that and probably am right now. I mean, those, those are good ideas, and Jesus does have things to say about them, um, but that's not what he is saying here in this. Forget your family and follow me. Um, there are other passages about that. Jesus is telling his disciples that day, and he is reminding us this morning about his design for his church. That his design for the church is to be a family. By hearing his word and doing it, that's what faith is, by the way. By hearing his word and doing it, we become family. His family. A family united by faith in Jesus. And that's a bond stronger than blood. Because it's a bond made in his blood, which is greater than ours. Those who hear the word of God and do it are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. So, time for an object lesson. We don't do this very often, but we're going to today. I need two volunteers. Two volunteers who have, this is the only qualification that you have never interacted with this chair before. Two people who have never sat on this chair, maybe never even seen this chair before. Raise your hand. I know there's lots of people who have sat in this chair. Sorry. Right? You are disqualified if you've ever sat in this chair before. All right, so don't all jump up at once. I left it. Okay. All right. Christine and Mike, excellent. <laughs> starting, to, starting to feel that way, isn't it? All right, so you can just stand right over here. Okay, so, Christine, you're volunteer number one. So, Christine, I built this chair last year. It is, it is sturdy, and it is strong. And it will bear your weight if you stand on it. Okay? okay? Um, do you believe me? Well, you profess to be a carpenter, so I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. Your job is done. That's. I thought I had to stand on it. Nope, you don't. You just have to believe me. So, Mike, volunteer number two. I built this chair last year. It is sturdy and strong and it will bear your weight if you stand on it. Do you believe me? Should I disbelieve you? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to say I believe you because I've seen your carpentry work and it's very good. So you believe me? I do. Prove it. You want a hand? Sure. Thank you. All right. Yeah, don't worry about getting it dirty. I know where it came from. It's fine. All right. Thank you very much. Your job is done. See? Good job. Excellent job. These chairs are all for sale. Just kidding. They're not. So who had faith? Christine or Mike? Hmm. Mike demonstrated it. Hmm. So, this is what hearing the Word of God and doing it are like. Christine said she believed me, and perhaps she did. And uh, in, in her defense, I did not give her the opportunity to prove it. Um, but Mike did get that opportunity. But this is what following Christ is like, and this is where it can get confusing, because we believe the facts, we believe the word of God, but don't do it. Right? Lots of people will agree that Jesus lived and died and rose again, and maybe that he lived and died uh, to pay the penalty for their sin and rose again. They agree with those facts, but don't do anything about it. There's no trust. There's a huge difference between intellectual assent, just agreeing with the facts, and putting your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay? So Christine believed me when I said this chair is sturdy and strong, it'll hold her weight. But Mike put his trust on the line by putting his full body weight on the chair. You see the the difference? We can't simply stop at hearing the word of God. Even saying that we believe the word of God if we refuse to obey the word of God. Warren Wiersbe said, "It's easy to think that we're spiritual because we listen to one preacher after another, we take notes and mark up our Bibles, but never really practice what we learn. We're only fooling ourselves." When we hear the word of God, but refuse to do the word of God, we become auditors of the word of God. You ever been an auditor in a class, right? Your work doesn't matter. You don't get a grade. You just sit back and take what you want and leave what you don't. You don't gain a grade. Your GPA isn't affected. That's what some of us are in danger of doing when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the gospel. We read it, study it maybe, hear what it says, maybe memorize some of it, but we don't do it. We're just auditors and we gain nothing. We can't expect to be part of God's family if we live that way. Listening, hearing, trusting, and obeying the word of God. That's what faith looks like. It's not just what we believe. And by doing that, we become wise builders. We become fruitful soil. We become a lamp on a stand, sharing its light. We become family with Jesus. Paul wrote in Ephesians three fourteen through 21, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, We are grateful for your word. We're grateful for the challenge that we see here in your word to not just be hearers, but doers. That we wouldn't just agree with the facts of the gospel that you lived and died for us and rose again. But we would trust in you personally. And that that would change the way that we think and the way that we act, the things that we say, and the reason we do anything. Father, may our devotion to you and our obedience to your word be the thing that our neighbors and family and our friends notice the most. Lord, please move our faith beyond just agreeing with facts to trusting in the person of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our souls and may we stand as lamps shining that light from the stand that everyone who comes near us will see your grace and your love in Jesus Christ for we ask this in his holy and precious name Amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipie, New Hampshire, 03890.